Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Ollie Hammett. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today on the podcast, we hear from Emma Hindley, the creative director of Zinc Media-owned UK production company Blakeway, about how traditional history programming is changing to have a wider appeal. Secondly, Channel 5's commissioning editor Lucy Willis also discusses how the history genre has changed for buyers and the trends she predicts coming up in the future. Blakeway Productions are specialists in historical content, with the UK's Channel 5 recently commissioning two more series from the Prodco in March. Blakeway's output falls under what might be called more traditional history programming, using things like talking heads and well-known presenters. But as global streamers invest in high-end docu-series about pirates and samurai with a heavy dramatic leaning, how can Blakeway keep the pace? I spoke to Blakeway's creative director, Emma Hindley, about how the international market is changing the history genre and how apparently traditional history content is being updated. Generally, what's really exciting about about making history these days is it is the genre has broadened enormously. So maybe five years ago, history was seen very much as sort of presenter in a field and either ancient history or pre-20th century. And what's happened over the last five years or so is that history has become more contemporary. So history is now thought of as anything up to really, in some ways, the 90s. So that's broadened the genre enormously and has allowed for lots of different opportunities. And it's also meant that I think broadcasters can be a bit more focused in their in, in the sort of audience that they're looking for. And so I would argue also a lot of the crime documentaries that are history as well. And so I think the really exciting thing is that history with a capital H has changed and it's grown and audiences aren't so bothered about worrying about watching a history show and the idea that it'll be full of kind of academics being very highfalutin. I think social history, which is the thing that I'm most passionate about, is much more popular now, or it, or at least it's much it's it's commissioned much more nowadays. And how important is social history to the two new shows that have been commissioned? Um, again, it's a it's a kind of it's a it's a you know the words that we attach to programming are sort of are interesting. When I say social history, I mean sort of people, ordinary people, rather than politicians or people who have lots of power or kings or queens or that sort of thing. And so the two the two projects I'm doing for, for Channel 5 at the moment are very much have that at its heart. So the Tony Robinson one is all, all about ordinary people through history, which isn't really looked at very often because there isn't much recorded on ordinary people. And then Hollywood 1939 is ostensibly, it's about people that are quite out of reach. So they're stars and Hollywood magnates and agents and stuff. But again, we're taking a much more sort of social history lens on it, if you like. Um, and so we're looking at the sort of how the system works, how individual people's experiences were of it, how the studio bosses misbehaved, how the individual actors and, uh, actors and stars were, um, were sort of manipulated and controlled by the studio. So we're trying to look at it again from a 
slightly different angle. They they have a kind of a, an entertaining feel to them. They don't feel like homework is a thing. They feel like interesting, funny stories about, about people from the past. And how important do you think that sort of, uh, I don't want to say entertainment, but do you understand what I mean? Sort of oh, totally. I mean, for me, history should never, ever, ever feel like homework. Never. That's the biggest problem with it, traditionally for me, in terms of history programme making, is it, it shouldn't feel like you need a degree in order to watch the show. It should be, it should appeal to the broadest range of people with the broadest range of experiences and you know history is what the history of uh, history is what makes people and it's really important that we look at it and we interrogate it it's written by the victors so it's really important that we look at other people's versions of it and i think you know all all television content should be entertaining in some in some way or another even if it's the saddest darkest documentary it, it should have some level of entertainment to it and i think even more so with with history i i kind of i feel like the history i make is either emotional like blitz or suffragettes it has real emotion to it or or it's it's funny and it's entertaining like a bit like the history of britain and um hollywood one sort of trend happening right now, in particularly in SVODs, is uh, shows like The Lost Pirate Kingdom, yeah. very heavily dramatised, using yes. enactment, CGI, yeah. Yeah. but all based in fact. I was wondering how you, how you feel about this kind of series. I mean, interestingly, SVODs don't tend to do that much history i mean they what they do do is they do those sort of programs that you're talking about so like big um reconstruction yeah those sort of things um they tend to do less social history so i just think the thing about SVOD is that they are it has to be a very broad big subject because you're automatically dealing with an international audience just from word go do you think there's still room for you know these social history maybe more traditional um, history programming. I definitely think there's still a big appetite out there for, for history. It's just the way that you tell it. That's the thing. It's like anything else. The genres keep need modernising and they need to keep being refreshed. And um, and I guess that's, that's the exciting thing I find about working in that area. Sure. And what, what do you think is the next modernisation that needs to happen? I think less presenters is good, ironically enough, given that I work with quite a few presenters. But um, I think I would argue more testimony, which is something that I've really sort of pioneered. The use of original original testimony from real people that live. So in the same way that we did in Blitz and Suffragettes, you use their their words and you don't edit them. You, you, you use their words. So I think I think using that in a more in an imaginative way. I mean, I think that, that the issue is that history is expensive to make because you have to deal with documents, the research is quite deep. And then if you want to bring drama into it, then that costs as well. But I think the fact that people really want to watch them is is the biggest guide, really. People are, are still really interested in, in history programmes. With your sort of insider knowledge, what do you find that commissioners are looking for in history programming at the moment? I think they're looking for subjects that audiences will be drawn to. I think they're looking for subjects that younger audiences will be drawn to. I think they're looking just for a slightly, you know, a modern, more modern take on history that doesn't involve, um, I mean, you know, the presenter in the field thing is a bit of an old trope and I don't, that's not really used that much anymore. I think we're sort of, we've got past that. And I think really they're just interested in really interesting stories. And as soon as you talk about, you know, presenters and, um, and you said presenter in a field, do you still think narrators are important? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think narrators are still very much and if you look at a lot of the contemporary history that's gone out recently they all had voiceover on them so yeah i mean i think 
I think there's obviously there's always a space for, for films that have no narration. They tend to be sort of feature doc length, but television as a and some television content tends to usually err towards having a voiceover. I also think the difference between working for PSBs and for SVODs because PSBs, you have to build, you know, everything has to be fact-checked. You know, I have endless documents for all of the programmes I make for PSBs that are properly fact-checked and referenced. And, you know, in a world where people question truth and, you know, post-Trump and all of that, I think it's really, really important that, that I mean, obviously anybody that tells a, a, a history story has their own view and has their own take. And that's a given. That having said that, if you're going to say something happened, you need to be able to back that up with a with a document that says, this is how we can tell you that we know this happened. The worry over people taking it as drama, I do worry about that a bit, really. I do worry about that because I think it's important that people understand their history. And that history is about real people that lived real lives, you know, that it's not it's not something that we can just fluff or or change because it doesn't happen to work for our particular purposes. Are you saying that SVODs are slightly less concerned with that than PSBs? No, I wouldn't say that then no, not not for a moment, but I do think no, I wouldn't say that, but I do think they have I think they have slightly different pressures and different different priorities really. The the mass appeal international. Yeah, I think as soon as you're making something a mass audience like the Pirates one, then it just has a different feel to it. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it if you're having that level of drama in it as well, then it, it becomes... I guess I'm mo- what I'm most interested in is melding between fact and fiction and how you can draw drama out of real people's lives. Emma and I also spoke on how Channel 5's vertical integration model can help stretch historical content's budgets giving the example of Blake Gray's recent series, Henry VIII, Man, Monarch, Monster, which broadcast on Channel 5 in 2020. Actually, I did that with Motion Content Group, which was really fantastic because we got that extra bit of money to be able to do the drama really well, and that makes all the difference. And they're distributors as well, so that's quite an interesting model. It's a, it's a great model that Channel 5 have there, actually. What, so it's sort of distributors backing the production process? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're brilliant to work with. So, in fact, we're doing History of Britain we did with, with Motion Content Group as well. It works really well, and it just gives you that extra... I mean, certainly for Henry, it just gave us proper money to do proper drama, which was just so refreshing. So that they're a great, great addition to, to, to Channel 5's funding model. But effectively... It, 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 it sort of frees up money for certain projects that they think are going to do really well. So that's why Henry got that money. And also because Tony does really well all over the world. And that's why I think they put the money into into um, History of Britain. But it just, it certainly on Henry, it really, it just meant that we the, film, the series looks really glossy. And that was really important to us. Historical content is crucial to the slate of the UK's Channel 5 which in the past has featured well-known UK historical presenters like Dan Jones and Tony Robinson. Recently, however, the channel has tried to move away from presenter-led programming and explore social history lived by real everyday people, using things like reconstructions and other dramatic elements. Channel 5 commissioning editor Lucy Willis spoke to me about how to balance drama with fact, what she looks for in commissions, and how there's always a new angle on an aspect of history. I mean, I think one of the things that was really interesting when I came to Channel 5 was that we had done history and Channel 5 has done history over the year. But 
I remember one of my colleagues was sort of leaving on history and he left. And um, although we're all very multi-genre at Channel 5, you probably gathered that we all do a bit of everything. Um, I picked up some of his history slate and I remember one of my colleagues saying to me, well, you know, there's probably not really going to be much history on the channel really now, is there? But I think one of the really interesting things that we have done with history at Channel 5 over the last five years is we've really reinvented it for the channel. And I think we've made it feel much more modern and we've made it work for a broad mainstream audience. I mean, I think the thing at the channel is we really, really know our audience and we pitch our history at the right level for them. So, you know, one of the things that I've been doing is focusing very much on narrative driven history. The stripped events, I guess, are a really good example of that. I mean, we did the first one of those probably at least four years ago, which was Pompeii. And we stripped history and we did it as a box set over three nights. So we had a continuing narrative over three nights with a presenter. And it was really interesting, actually, because it was history at nine o'clock midweek prime time, which I think was something Channel 5 would definitely not have done before. And it got astonishing figures for us. I mean, I think the first step got something like 1.8 million. So sort of putting history right in the middle of the schedule was a really sort of interesting move for us. And we've really, um, I think, sort of owned that um, history stripped event space, actually, that kind of way of storytelling. And it's interesting because it works. It works really well for a sort of a multitude of sort of historical periods. So I think whilst you can see a lot of the other channels moving much more towards purely contemporary history or sort of a a much larger slate of contemporary history, at Channel 5, we're still really interested in a really sort of broad sweep of historical periods. So I think, well, a lot of people have sort of abandoned the classical world and Greece and um, uh, Rome and Egypt. That's that's an area that still we're interested in and works for us. And we certainly haven't dismissed it. The Tudors as well is another subject which we will return to again and again and for us it's always about finding a fresh way of looking at it a new take a different way to do it so whether that's stripping whether it's kind of going in through a different prism that's that that's a really important thing for us that's really interesting and how how would you say audience demands have changed history? Well, I suppose I can really only speak for our channel. I mean, I think that it's been really interesting to see that our audience has a really, a really sort of great and voracious appetite for history, actually. I think I think that's been a really nice thing to see. So I I mean, I don't know whether that's a sort of a fact that it's changed. But I think that if you present history to a broad audience in a particular way, they will come to it. Um, So I think that's been a a really nice shift that I've seen. I think the other thing, actually, Ollie, that's always really interesting to work out is, is it that the audience appetite has changed or is it that the commissioners are changing what they commission and kind of forcing a change on the audience? It's a really difficult one to work out, isn't it? Because if you look at some of the other channels, they're really just favouring contemporary. And is that because they think that the audience just likes contemporary? Or is that because it's the kind of, you know, the, the new fashion? Whereas I, I I think for us, and, you know, of course, you've always got to evolve. But I think there's lots of different ways of evolving. So you can evolve in form. So, you know, it, it go, go back to the example of Pompeii, or I could talk about the Great Fire of London. It's a very traditional subject. But when you when you kind of strip that over three nights in the same way that you might do a drama, um, in the same way that we've been recently doing very successfully with our dramas, when you make it much more narratively based, actually, suddenly, you're 
you're taking a subject which might feel quite traditional, which might feel very familiar, but you're treating it in a really different way. And therefore, when the audience comes to it, it's a much fresher approach. It's almost kind of telling history like a drama, but I like to sort of use this phrase, it's a factually accurate drama. You know, sometimes I sort of think that if you look at history kind of 20 years ago, you might have had um, a sort of expert, I'm not going to pick on anyone in particular, but it may have been a white man standing on top of a hillock somewhere, pontificating and telling you what to think. And, you know, history, history sort of program makers were a very clever bunch. And I think they were sort of quite often making history for very clever people. But what I've been really, really interested in doing is really opening history up. I feel really passionate about it. And I think it's it's really important. And I'd really like to take it to a much wider audience rather than an already very informed audience who have a history degree or a history A level or whatever. You know, I think history, I, I, it's amazing. You know, there's so much you can learn from history. It's got the best stories in the world. Um, so why would you why would you not want to sort of, you know, uh, share those with your audience, really? So it's still intelligent, um, but it's just very accessible and works really well for a broad audience. Yeah, you kind of um, you've echoed what a lot of people have been talking to have been saying about how obviously with with TV becoming more international as it has been, audiences want more choice. Um, and another thing that people have been talking about is how it allows them it allows them to focus rather on Henry VIII, for example, to focus on the people who lived in the time of Henry VIII. If that makes yeah. sense. How important was that to you? I think that's definitely part of the picture. Um, So we would and have done a sort of series which focuses on Henry VIII. So I did a series which was made for me by Zinc Media last year, which looked, it it was still narratively based. It took us through Henry's life, but it looked at Henry through a psychological prism which was really interesting, actually, because I think he's one of those characters where we all know about Henry VIII, we learn about him at school, but actually it's like, you know that top line, but and you know he chopped people's heads off, but do you really feel like you kind of understood this man? So we assembled quite an impressive selection of um, interviewees to really over sort of three episodes try and get to grips with this guy. And I think in history, classical historians are often sort of quite sceptical about sort of applying psychological mores to historical characters. But actually, we got some really strong historians to talk about what his motivations might have been, what may have made him tick. But I'm doing another Tudor story at the moment, which is about um, a woman called Lady Rochford. And actually, she's a lesser known character, but she was really pivotal in many of those sort of classical stories from Tudor times. So she was pivotal in the downfall of Anne Boleyn. She was um, very involved with Thomas Cromwell. And we're using her as a way to tell some of those classic stories, but also to take us into the Tudor court and to give us a sort of really good sense of what life was like inside the Tudor court, which again, you sort of don't, you don't really know what that was like. It's sort of what Bridgerton did, I suppose, in a sort of drama form. So what we're attempting to do is sort of really take you into that world. What was the back like that you know, the backstabbing, the the backbiting, what was it actually like to try and survive in Henry's court? And so there's obviously dramatic elements in there as well. Um, is that a key component of, of most of your history programming? Uh, no, not necessarily at all. So sometimes we will use recon. Often it's kind of impressionistic recon. So um, I've just commissioned a story about JFK. We don't do many international stories, but that one's big enough for it to work for our audience. And again, it's a story that's been told a million times before. So how do you 
sort of shine a fresh light on it. We're looking at it, it in very forensic detail in a sort of minute by minute way, which is something I'm personally really interested in, that sort of granular detail, which tells you so much. But we've done it from the perspective of three of those that were there. So from Jackie's perspective, from Lee Harvey Oswald's perspective, and from the um, head secret service man's perspective, they've used what I call, I guess, um, micro recon in that. It's really beautifully done. So how do you like to balance the expert talking head contributions versus the dramatic scenes? The dramatic scenes are quite are quite small, to be honest, in most of the things that I do these days. I mean, sort of, I've done a number of drama documentaries since I've been at the channel, so and those were scripted. So I don't know if you ever saw it, but we did um, Elizabeth I starring Lily Cole, which was quite a big series for us. We did a Henry VIII series. We did um, a scripted drama doc on Albert, and we did another one on Wallace Simpson. So those were sort of probably, those were probably about 60% big, lavish drama. So it sounds like, you know, you're trying to, even in the more traditional history programming, you are trying to sort of bring it up to date for one of the better frames. I think totally. I mean, I, I, I would say sort of, I would say actually our history programming really isn't traditional at all. I think the only thing that is traditional is that we visit some of the um, subjects in historical periods that people sort of see as traditional. So, you know, the Egyptians or the fall of the Roman Empire or the Tudors. So I guess those are kind of trad historical periods, but I think we very often bring a very sort of fresh and modern take to those. Is there any room, in your opinion, for more traditional history programming? A sort of archive footage talking heads in a director's chair so I think I think there is but I think we're always trying to sort of push that so I um did a series um last year which hasn't gone out yet um which Voltage made called Countdown to War and it's told from Hitler's perspective so it is sit down interview and archive it was made under lockdown interestingly but one of the things that I was really keen to do there is a make it very narratively driven and I think one of the things that makes traditional form of kind of sit down interview and archive feel different is the way that you storytell. I spoke to Voltage and they were brilliant at it. And I said, listen, I'm so fed up of seeing the same interviewees, the same experts. I want you to not go to all the usual places. Can you find me a really fresh cast of experts? And can you find me some younger experts so they went to some of the what were polytechnics. They've still interviewed people who are real sort of specialists in their area, but they're just not all the same names that you see all the time. So it's about sort of, it's not about getting rid of those elements entirely, but it's just about sort of, you know, making them a bit less fusty. I suppose. Freshening them up. And there's, there's different ways to freshen up, you know. Talking more generally about commissions now, what are the key things that you look for in a show that's being pitched to you? Something that I think will really connect with our audience, you know, something that has a broad enough top line appeal that I think that the audience will come to. You know, we are a commercial channel. Um, we're not ashamed of that. We've absolutely got to get the ratings. So the first thing is a subject that I think people will come to. That's number one. The second is if it's a subject that we've done before, how are you going to do it in a different way? Is there something fresh have you got new evidence new documents new archives something that's just going to make it feel different you know and I suppose the other thing is that sort of missing ingredient that as a commissioner just makes you feel really excited and makes you feel okay they've ticked both of those boxes but this really feels like a fabulous idea I feel really excited about this and how how do you think the history genre is going to change in the next few years I mean I think hybrids are really interesting in the history space for us um, we've been looking at 
crime history hybrids. So we've been having quite a lot of success recently. I did um, two-part, a stripped over two nights about Shannon Matthews, which is a kind of crime stroke history hybrid. We've also got another crime history hybrid on Jack the Ripper, told from his victim's perspective. So that will be sort of coming down the tracks later in the year. So I think that's an area that's quite interesting for us. I think contemporary is really here to stay. But I think that it's really important that we don't forget those kind of really important historical periods, that we don't all get so excited by the Murdoch dynasty or the kind of series about Putin, that we actually forget that we forget the Tudors or that we forget the Second World War or that we, the, that we forget the Egyptians. Because one of the things for me that I just love so much about history is actually, you know, you might be telling a story about something that happened 2,000 years ago and you discover that the people had the same emotions, the same, you know, dilemmas, the same challenges that we have today. And I think that's how we learn and grow as people. We, look, we need to look back at history. You know, you can't just ignore it. And I think it's a real shame that so many people are moving away from that at the moment as a sort of commissioner you can't just say all right the Tudors have been done now we're going to forget about the Tudors or the Egyptians have been done you know that's our job that's that's our job really as a commissioner is to try and find a new fresh way of telling these stories and I think stripped events have been a really sort of interesting fresh way so you you know you take the story of Pompeii and the eruption you've heard it a million times but actually when you see a kind of gang of three presenters taking you over that story over three nights suddenly it feels fresh and it feels different you could actually have those three programs together and they're sort of one continuous narrative so in the same way that you might see a drama stripped over three nights I mean ITV do it all the time with their dramas these days they'll more often than not strip them rather than have them weekly so that I mean that's a real transition in at channel five I would say is kind of is stripping history in that way Lucy Willis from channel five there that's all for this episode but there'll be more from the podcast tomorrow In the meantime, stay safe and up to date with the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and on social media. My name's Ollie Hammett. Thanks for listening.